What are the top 10 trends in background screening for 2014? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm having my annual conversation today with Lester Rosen. He's the founder and CEO of Employment Screening Resources. Les, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Tom, always a pleasure. So we've had this conversation about the top 10 trends for a number of years now. What do you find to be unique about this year's trends? Tom, what we're seeing in 2014, really for the first time, is that the trends have solidly coalesced under one title, and that title would be legal compliance as well as accuracy. In the past, when we talked about trends, we might have talked about different tools that were used. We might talk about certain things happening in the industry. But this year, the trends focus with laser-like precision primarily on the whole idea that background screening is an endeavor that deals with human resources, labor law, discrimination issues, and it all comes down to legal compliance. Legal compliance can mean compliance with federal and state laws that control background screening. It can mean concerns about accuracy, uh, because accuracy impacts uh, the the discrimination concerns. And, of course, the Equal Opportunity Commission's uh, guidance of 2012 continues to reverberate this year in terms of discrimination. So the trends this year solidly underscore the fact that background checks is no longer the vending machine model where you say, here's a dollar, give me a piece of data that I can now use. That's the old days. Now it's squarely in the realm of what can employers legally use, how can they legally obtain it, what is the legal standard of accuracy so it's usable, what are the legal aspects of even using it in the first place, what are the rules, the, particularly the FCRA, the Fair Court Reporting Act, in terms of attaining and using it. So that's what we're seeing uh, in 2014, that it's all about the law. Well, Les, I'd love to go through all the trends with you. I don't have time to do it all now, so I thought maybe I would ask you about the top three trends, if you don't mind. Well, absolutely. The top three trends this year on our list of, of what we think is going to have the biggest impact on employers begins with this idea of ban the box. And ban the box is a movement that has to do with trying to get ex-offenders back into the job market. And the box that we're talking about is that little box you find nearly universally on every employment application in America. And that's the box that follows the question, do you have a criminal record of some sort? Questions are are, are asked in various ways, but the thrust is, are you a criminal or an ex-criminal, yes or no? And it's that box, that yes box, that has been the subject of intense scrutiny by a variety of groups who are concerned about the fact that we have a very large percentage of Americans who do have criminal records, who do essentially have the equivalent of a big red C in their forehead for criminal or former criminal, if they're asked immediately upon applying for a job, are you now or ever, or have you ever been a criminal, the thought is that they would be deterred or chilled from applying in the first place, thus perpetuating this whole idea of a caste system where there's this underground group of unemployed and unemployable Americans leading to an unstable situation where we end up building more prisons and more jails than we do schools or hospitals. Because if a person can't get a job, uh, uh, you, know, you, you can't become a taxpaying, law-abiding, contributing American citizen. So the idea behind Ban the Box is not 
that any criminal can get any job they want pell mell and society is left unprotected or unprepared, it doesn't mean that pedophiles will supervise the playgrounds or bank robbers will be in charge of the cash drawer. It simply means that a criminal record will not be what's often called in human resources world an early knockout punch. So the idea behind Ban the Box is to create an equal playing field where people are considered on their merits, not considered on the basis of their past history. Now, it may well be that as employers go through the, their progressive screening and you whittle down your 1,000 applicants to the 5 or 10 you're going to interview, that a person with a criminal record may not have the knowledge, skills, ability, education, or experience to meet the job, but they're not being eliminated because, they're, uh, because of the criminal record, because they don't apply. And, and the ban the box movement is widespread. There are some states that have, have extended ban the box to private employers. One major retailer, Target, uh, happy to say their name because it's a great policy, is, is instituting ban the box nationwide in their applications. A number of states, city, counties, municipalities, school districts, and so forth have banned the box. Primarily, it's been in the public sector. California did it this year, but some states have gone to the, uh, have extended to the private sector as well. And that is one of the uh, big trends. In fact, probably the biggest trend right now, along with the EEOC compliance uh, guidance, uh, that will really be impacting employers in 2014. Well, let me ask you about the EEOC guidance, because I realize that the update is your second big trend of the year. So talk about the impact of that, please. Well, that's exactly right, Tom. And uh, and anyone who is involved in hiring, anyone who has uh Employees uh, need to be aware of this because the EEOC guidance that came out uh, April 25, 2012, really has the potential to impact the way every employer in America hires. So every employer should be aware of the EEOC rules. And the EEOC uh, in, in 2012 came out with a revised guidance. Now, a guidance is not a law, it's not a rule, it's not a regulation. It's the way the EEOC sees things, but that does become important because as the EEOC files court cases, and they are filing court cases and conducting investigations, to the extent uh, the, the standards of the idea behind the guidance become adopted by courts, it in effect becomes law in a, in a backdoor sort of way. And the EEOC guidance really revisited previous EEOC positions that came out in 1987 and 1990. It solidified these uh, positions. It added some meat to the bones. It gave a little bit more explanation. But it really made it clear, the EEOC has made it clear that a big priority of the current EEOC is that there has to be fairness in the way people uh, are, are employed and that a criminal record should not be used to automatically disbar someone for life from getting a job and that although there are fair uses for criminal records or the criminal record is job related or its use is consistent with business necessity, this kind of knee-jerk reaction that employers might have to someone with a criminal record, well that is, is a problem because it creates what is legally called disparate impact. Disparate impact means that if a firm hires based upon the absence of a criminal record or will not hire because of a criminal record, that the, the criminal record it creates a disparate impact, even though it appears neutral on its face. The effect of that in the real world, statistically and mathematically, is to operate as an unfair barrier towards certain people that are protected by the Civil Rights Act, and therefore the EEOC is concerned. So the EEOC did a number of things. It's a very long, involved uh, guidance, but essentially they recommended, they did not order, 
uh, or direct employers to apply ban the box, but they recommended that ban the box is a best practice. Uh, EEOC mentioned that uh, when an employer does ask about the criminal question, which should probably be at the interview or after the interview, that it should be narrowed down and tailored to the position involved so employers are not asking about criminal records that are either too old or not relevant to the job that, uh, so that they don't really merit uh, consideration. Uh, the EEOC uh, gave employers some additional guidance on how to analyze and use criminal records, taking a look at the nature of the crime, the nature of the job, the age of the crime, gave us some, some more in-depth information on how to do that. And the EEOC has, among other things, numerous other suggestions. Uh, one last thing that people should be aware of is a new tool called an individualized assessment. And this is important, and employers really should implement this one right away. An individualized assessment means that if an employer decides that someone is not going to get hired because of a criminal record, that the employer extend one last bite of the apple to let the applicant know that if you disagree with this criminal record or the criminal record is correct but there's other mitigating circumstances as to why we should hire you, come on down, let's talk about it. The good news for employers is that this new process or the individualized assessment does not add to the employer's burden. The employer merely has to extend the hand of opportunity. So it's a good idea to take a look at the guidance. There is a group of civil rights attorneys and uh, workplace rights attorneys, our firm was involved as well, that has put forward some best practices that are very easy to follow and be happy to provide the link that very clearly in layman's language uh, explain to employers simple steps you can take starting today in order to comply with this. But this is part of the new reality. Employers really need to rethink this idea that anyone with a criminal record need not apply because those, those rules no longer will work in this current environment. Les, your third big trend was about the use of commercial databases. Can you give a little bit of background here about what the issues are and why this is one of your key trends? Well, and that's a key trend. It also plays in and, and is part of this whole issue of the EEOC guidance. One of the issues that the EEOC uh, had and one of the things they questioned was the accuracy of background checks. And as a professional background screener, it's my view that background checks, given the fact that millions are conducted every year, that the accuracy rate is astronomically high given the, the amount of checks that are conducted and all the moving parts and you know all the different things that need to get looked at. But when there is an issue with the background check, not always but quite often it has to do with a database. And employers need to be aware that there are commercial databases out there that are put together by proprietary firms that aggregate millions of records from various sources throughout the country, from prison systems and jail systems and county courts and, and you know, state agencies that collect records. And some of those databases in some states are pretty good. But in other states, for example, New York, California, Texas, three large states that are, that are good examples, these databases are, aren't very good at all. Uh, in fact, in California, I happen to be talking this morning from the Independent Republic of California where the rules are different than the rest of the country, but in California is one example where these databases are, for technical reasons, are, are pretty useless. So the problem is a couplefold. Number one, employers can develop this kind of false sense of security thinking that because they are running a commercial database that they are somehow getting the real thing. And these commercial databases are not the official FBI records. One can only get FBI records if authorized by law. You could have false negatives and false positives. A, a false positive means that someone is being uh, named or identified as a criminal, where in fact they're not. 
either because of identity theft, someone stole their identity, or they went back to court and the uh, court had a procedure to judicial set aside, but the database doesn't update its data. So you can have unfairness or inaccuracies in that way. Just as bad, you can have people who really are criminals, and because of the way these databases are assembled and issues with completeness and accuracy and coverage, uh, and updating and, and name matches and, and just you know, all the problems associated with large databases, a person with a bad criminal record that should be a, a criminal record the employer should consider uh, could go by a notice and be declared a person who is cleared, which is just as bad. So these databases in the hands of employers uh, in a way almost become a fake cancer cure. You, you get this idea of this, this reliance which is misplaced. Now, to be fair, certainly background firms use these databases all the time as a secondary behind-the-scenes research tool. So in the hands of a professional background screener, uh, these databases are just an additional tool. But when employers go on the Internet and they see anything that says instant or database and you know 400 million records or whatever they might say, a big red flag should go up. And in fact, the Federal Trade Commission was involved in the last couple of years in looking at this. They were recently hearings in Congress on, on data brokers and, and the problems associated with data brokers. The idea being that the type of data broking sites where you go online and do instant background searches online just with your credit card, uh, the other problem is a lot of these sites don't necessarily inform employers of the niceties of legal compliance, such as the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act that makes it absolutely unlawful to conduct a background check using these sites until an applicant has signed certain papers, until the employer has signed a legal certification with the provider of the information. So this is such a heavily legally regulated area uh, that these commercial sites uh, can do nothing uh, but get employers potentially in legal hot water by background checks that are inaccurate or background checks that are not legally compliant. So you need to be very careful out there. And so the trend that we see going forward are lawsuits, and there's been some big class actions recently based upon uh, these type of commercial databases, uh, lawsuits against employers, lawsuits against even background firms, uh, the federal government investigations on the use of these databases. So it, again, speaks to the idea that background checking and due diligence and is not just a commodity. It's not just uh, stick a name in a computer and put your credit card in. It's actually a professional endeavor that is quite complicated and, and has multiple layers of, of legal complications on it that employers need to be very concerned about. Well, Les, again, I wish we could go into all the trends, but we just don't have time. We're running short now, but maybe you could share one other highlight of your 10 trends, please. One of the things that we've been seeing over the years, and this year has really come to fruition, is the use of credit reports. Now, credit reports has always been kind of a hot-button issue of all the tools that employers might use for background checks. Credit reports is the one tool that seems to most closely interfere with this sense of privacy. You know, where you went to school, where you worked, if you have a criminal record, those are all matters of public record. Uh, the world can see those. But a credit report is a little bit special because it might show where you shop, how much balance you have. It tends to invade the zone of privacy that we have as human beings. So it's always been kind of suspect. And add to the fact there's been a lot of misinformation about credit reports, stories about how your credit score can affect your job, uh, absolutely false and misleading since an employment credit report absolutely positively does not contain 
your commercial credit score, that three-digit number, you know, 672 or whatever the number might be, is not on that. Because an employment credit report is different than a consumer credit report used to purchase something. Having said that, however, what we're now saying is that credit reports are clearly falling into disfavor as a tool for employers to use. There's now 10 states that have laws that limit the use of credit reports. Those laws are both substantive and procedural laws. Substantive laws in that the credit report can only be used depending upon the state, but essentially the, the common denominator is there has to be some nexus between what the credit report will tell you and a, a bona fide qualification for the job. And there are procedural rules in the sense that, you know, that most of these laws require that the applicant be told that a credit report will be utilized and, and the reason for it. Uh, we also see that uh, not only are there states that have passing laws, uh, we also know that the EEOC has an interest in credit reports. A hearing has been held. It's widely anticipated that at some point the EEOC may come down with a guidance specifically on credit reports. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, just recently, in the past uh, week or two, introduced legislation in the United States Senate wanting to drastically limit uh, the ability to use credit reports for employment. So we, we are seeing this trend against credit reports. We do know that there are certain government agencies that do require credit reports. Uh, one would think in a rational world that if a person is handling money or cash in significant amounts, that a credit report could be an indicator as to whether that person is likely to be a person who might embezzle. After all, we know that embezzlement takes motive, opportunity, and means. So uh, if a credit report shows that a person is horrendous in their water and their personal finances, that may be a red flag or may not. But at the end of the day, what we're seeing is that credit reports are becoming a very disfavored tool. And the suggestion for employers is to, number one, be aware if your state, if you're one of the 10 states that has current laws about credit reports, and more laws may pass in 2014, and number two, to be very certain that if you are using an employment credit report, that you're very clear that there's a nexus between what you are looking for and the type of job that you're that you're running the credit check for. And the best advice being to reserve an employment credit report only for those jobs where a person is handling large amounts of money, has access to large amounts of assets, or is making fiduciary obligations. So we're seeing that credit reports is on the way out. At the same time, interestingly enough, social media searches at one time everyone thought would be a, uh, a rather important area seem to be on the way out as well. That's you know searching Google and Facebook or social networking sites, and that seems to have lessened as a as a tool that people are using for background checks because of legal issues and accuracy issues. Well, we've got time for a final question here, so I want to ask you, given the, the ten trends that you're presenting to people, five of which we've talked about here today, how should individuals and organizations use these trends to help make decisions going forward in 2014? I think, Tom, the answer is is that organizations are doing background checks uh, during, as you approach 2014, particularly during January, when there's an opportunity to reassess what you're doing and take a look at practices and procedures. It's worth taking a moment and among your many reviews, review your background checking process and background checking programs. If your background check program was instituted some years ago when background checking was more of a commodity product and less legally regulated, you may find that you are not uh, engaged in best practices that will uh, keep you safe when it comes to claims that uh, your background processes are not legally compliant or uh, may, may run afoul of the EEOC compliance. So at this point, what the, the best advice for employers 
is to sit back and analyze what are we doing now with background checks? Why are we doing it? Have we done our eyes? We crossed our T's. Do we have updated forms? Or do we have updated forms for the states where we're doing background checks? Because a number of states now have their own rules, and some states have their own forms. Are we doing background checks in a way that's consistent with the EEOC guidance of 2012? Are we paying attention to accuracy? Are we paying attention to privacy rights? Are we doing sufficient background checks? Or conversely, are we being too invasive? So at this point, given the fact that that background screening is not just an informational exercise, it's not just a, a pure risk management exercise, but it's a risk management exercise that is it has a heavy overlayer of legal compliance issues because it affects the fundamental right and ability, ability to get employed, this would be a good opportunity for employers to take a look at these trends and reassess what they are doing in realms of background checks and ask the fundamental questions. Start the year off by making sure that you're doing the right thing the right way, uh, and that uh, will protect you because I can tell you that uh, there are lawyers out there that are very well versed when it comes to the Fair Credit Reporting Act and EEOC rules and, and how background checks are done. And there, and there are government agencies, and they are actively on the lookout for those employers who haven't taken a few minutes to put some thought and consideration to their programs, who are caught literally with their pants down, and suddenly there's a class action lawsuit uh, that could have been avoided by taking a look at your forms, doing an internal audit, and just doing a little bit of thinking. And now's the time to do it, because this is an area that is essential, it's mission critical. Every organization has to hire people that are safe and qualified and, and can do the job, but at the same time, the process itself has to be legally correct. You have to hire the right people in the right way. Les, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom, and uh, have a great 2014, everyone. The topic has been the top 10 trends in background screening. I've been talking with Lester Rosen, founder and CEO of Employment Screening Resources. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.